party down, right? You're, you're enjoying too much pleasure. Enough. You can't do that, right? You're having too much fun. Stop. If you keep having that much fun, you could, like, get going in the wrong kind of fun, right? I mean, th- this is kind of how Christians have been characterized throughout the centuries. So um, one of the reasons I love Mosaic is because I believe, and hopefully you believe, that Mosaic actually gets to display something different. Mosaic isn't just interested in kind of creating um, people who kind of do this idea of what they determine is good. Mosaic is a place that says, no, what does it mean to be fully human? Right? What does it mean to experience humanity in the way that it was meant to be experienced? And then how do we go and help others be fully human? My wife and I have um, an opportunity this week to be in some conversation um, with someone who, um, through this person's interaction with religious communities in the past, um, this person felt like their humanity was, in a sense, stripped away. Um, that their humanity was um, really hurt and jaded. And so it's even difficult for them to think about stepping back into a religious community, right? Do any of us know people like this? Probably, right? Have any of us been there before? Yes, right? We see the hands. And so, Mosaic, one of the beautiful things that I love about Mosaic is this. For Nicole and I to be in conversation with this person and sharing life with this person, the win is not whether they actually come to Mosaic or not. The win is actually that that conversation is happening out in the real world with that person, that we're actually talking about those things. It's, it's become very easy in kind of American church culture that, that we score the win if we can get someone to church. No, 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 no. Let's, let's rip up that scorecard. The win is actually, or, or just real life and meaning is found in having those conversations in real life, wherever it might be, around a dinner table, around a fire pit, around a work table, taking a walk, and you're having those conversations, and we're talking about the ways that we felt like our humanity has been chipped away, but how God wants to restore that. Um, and then God begins to work in people's lives, and when God wants to bring someone here into this community with us then, in an environment like this on Sunday morning, um, He'll do that work. Of course, we extend the invitation along the way. Hey, I have this community, and together we're, we're listening to the voice of Jesus. We believe that God is doing something in our midst. Um, he's recovering our humanity and showing us what it means to be human. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful journey that we get to be on together. And experiencing and savoring simple pleasures, simple pleasures of extravagance, throughout our days is one way that God begins to shape us and transform us and gift us this beautiful experience of humanity. And we get to engage in these extravagant, simple pleasures with people all around us. And we get to um, really come against that, that stereotype that's there that really church people are out to like kill the fun, kill the party somehow. Um, so let's explore these things together. And I mean, it's, it's been a beautiful week, right? How many of us, the weather in Nebraska? Oh my, what a gorgeous change, right? And so how many of us have had that experience this week where we've just, we've sat outside, you know, and it's like, this is refreshing. 
Um, and chances are you're enjoying that favorite beverage or that favorite activity that you enjoy doing. And you're like, yes, this, this is so very good. And every time you say that, you're, you're tracking with this, this pattern that's been laid out in the world from the very beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31 Um, In leading up to this point, at the end of chapter 1 in Genesis, um, God goes about kind of as this Hebrew poetry is taking shape and form. God is bringing form and function to the world through this poem that's being told, and it's being expressed in this language of days. Um, And at the end of each kind of day, God says, wow, this is good. This is good. But then... There's this crescendo that builds, Genesis 1.31. You'll see it right here on the screen, I believe so. Where might it be? God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. It was very good. And Mosaic, our hope for you is in these last days of summer, that you would look for as many moments as possible this week to say, yes, this is so very good. And that you would look to share that experience with others around you in some tangible ways. That you might say, yes, God, we agree it is all so very good. So this morning, let's do this. Uh, Let's explore kind of six awakenings for people who live in a very good world. All right? Six different awakenings of people who can live in a very good world. Um, Because this is where our story begins, right? That we live in a very good world. That's not the way the Christian story has often been told, right? We often want to jump ahead to like things falling apart. And so this world is fallen, this world is evil, this world is broken. But the problem is if we start there, we're missing out on a crucial part of the story. We're missing out on the very beginning. The beginning of the story, guys, that we inhabit as God's people is this. The world is very good. And everything, everything in the world is very good. And so how do we interact with it? How do we engage with it? How do we share it? And how do we enjoy it in extravagant, pleasure-filled ways? Um, The first awakening is this. We, Mosaic, we are in relationship with an extravagant God who formed extravagant people. All right? We are in a relationship with an extravagant God who has formed extravagant people. I think of um, Justin and Anna and Lisa, who every week that we come in here prepare for us the coffee that we get to drink here, right? Um, How many of us love just extravagant coffee, right? It's that you wake up in the morning and yes, the day doesn't begin until that moment. Um, Mosaic, extravagant people celebrating this extravagant God. Um, I think of Kyle McClellan. Where's Kyle? Is he back there at the board? Kyle, who um, transforms his garage uh, to brew amazing beer of his own, right? And if you've ever maybe been over to Kyle's place, he shared that with you. And if you're a beer fan, you're like, this is so very good, Kyle. Um, An extravagant God who forms us as extravagant people. 
I think about Amanda at the Rabbit Hole Bakery, right? How many of us down in the Haymarket, right? Amanda Fusher. Like, you go down into the rabbit hole, and it's like, ooh, let the journey begin, kind of, you know, and like, there's just, oh my goodness, right? I mean, the desserts, the beverages, all of it, um, extravagant people in relationship with an extravagant God. Um, I think about Carissa Bettendorf. Uh, I think about Natalie Schwarting. Did I see Natalie here this morning? She's in the other room. I think about Natalie Schwarting. Um, I think about Kylie, and I'm sure I'm missing others. I think about my own daughter and in the artwork that they do. I think of the beautiful art that happens right here from this community. Extravagant people in relationship with an extravagant God. Shall I keep going? Yes, let me keep going. Um, I think about Alison Rabin, and I think about Cindy Conger, and just the poetry and the writing and all that they do, and, and just the beauty that it brings to the world. Um, Kai and Shay, I think about the film work that you guys do. Amazing, amazing film work. Forestry-bound films? Close. What was it? So I get it right. Forest-bound films, yes. Beautiful, extravagant film work. Um, I think about Lexi Johnson. I think about Brian McCain and the photography that they do. And I'm sure I'm missing many others. But um, can I get a witness, right? Mosaic, we are an extravagant community here. Because we're in relationship with an extravagant God, let's give it up for one another, right? Keep doing that, Mosaic. Keep doing that. What we're doing is we're bucking that trend that somehow people think that, wait a minute, church communities are out to kill the pleasure buzz somehow, right? No, we're there to keep that alive, that God is an extravagant God in relationship with extravagant people. So let's keep doing these things. Um, Did you know that coffee was actually invented by an Ethiopian monk back in the ninth century? So there uh, there was this Ethiopian goat herder. This is a great story. And this goat herder by the name of Kaldi, Kaldi noticed that um, his goats would go to the edge of the field and there would be these like red-like berries that would be growing. And he noticed that as they partook of these red berries, then their behavior would get like ecstatic, you know, and they would like just have more energy and stuff. So he thought to himself, wow, this is interesting. So Kaldi actually ends up taking these, these coffee beans taking them to the Ethiopian monks, and the monks begin to realize, wow, well, the goats are getting pleasure from this. God loves it when we engage with pleasure, so let's see what we can do with these beans, right? Um, So coffee, guys, born of extravagant Ethiopian monks. Um, And then eventually we began to, like, you know, roast the beans and then put frothed milk in with it. Mmm, Cappuccino. Cappuccino refers to the shade of brown um, used for the habits of the Capuchin friars of Italy. Um, Beer and monks, right? The Trappists who, who were first brewing beer. It was the liquid bread of the day. They actually thought, well, let's just take liquid because they'd go through these long periods of fasting. And so they would, they would take this... Um, the, the water and the hops and the grains and the other ingredients. And um, this became like their liquid bread. But also one of the other purposes for the beer um, was as pilgrims and people journeying on long trips as they would come and stay at the monasteries, um, this beverage was used as a tool of hospitality. 
And it was designed that people could sit down with the monks in a hospitable environment and they could share in life together. They could, they could together talk and discuss what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to keep going on the pilgrimage um, that we're all on? Extravagant people in relationship with an extravagant God. Let's, let's awaken to that reality, Mosaic. Um, let's awaken to this other reality, too, that resting in pleasure and extravagance is difficult for some of us, right? Chances are some of you now are like, oh, my goodness, like, I've never had anyone at a church, like, encourage me to, like, step into so much extravagance and pleasure. You're like, am I really allowed to do that? Um, it, it takes practice, right? It takes practice to become these kind of people because... Um, ultimately, the culture that we live in, it's all about go, 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 do, 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 perform, 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 um, make yourself useful. And so it's like there's no time to actually rest in extravagance and pleasure. Um, or, right, we've grown up in environments where we, we weren't allowed to do those things. Um, anybody grow up in the 80s with me? Yeah? Anybody? Yeah? Okay. Um, oh, man. There was a... So, there was this one ACDC song, and uh, like the guitar riff when it started out, I loved it when I was like 13 years old, right? Um, but like every time it came on, I had to hide it um, because like, you know, the lyrics were, yeah, they were slightly questionable, you know? Um, but it was kind of like, eh, evil, you cannot enjoy that. And it was like this buzzkill. Um, and so I kind of was in like this secret kind of secret kind of dance with this extravagant pleasure of this guitar riff. But um, I was kind of told, like, no, you, you can't do that. Um, I remember one time I was at a, at a Christian camp one time, and this counselor was talking to us, a group of guys, and uh, he was talking about, okay, so we'd see a pretty girl, and you'd see a pretty girl, and be careful because your thoughts might start, you know. We, we all heard it before, Right. And uh, so he encouraged us actually to put on rubber bands around our wrist. Um, and that when we would see a pretty girl, if, our, if we started to in any way feel any sense of pleasure, we were to take the rubber band and snap our wrist with it and like kill the pleasure with pain. And I'm like, whoa. And like I bought it for a little bit. I actually bought that. And I'm like, wait a minute. This, pleasure is not... It's not something that comes, like, straight from the pit of hell. Like, pleasure is a gift from God. Um, now, we'll, we'll get there in a minute. Okay, I'm not saying just unfettered pleasure. Go wherever you want, all right? <laughs> Bear with me. Bear with me. But what I'm saying is let's be careful. It's difficult for some of us to rest in pleasure. Um, and so we need to be careful as we work through this stuff. Um, resting in pleasure and extravagance uh, it is difficult for some of us. Um, the third awakening, as we taste and see God is good, um, we begin to really believe it in other areas of our life. And, and now, Mosaic, let's, let's really get into the meat of where we're going this morning. Here's the reality. Many of us in this room this morning are facing some incredibly stretching experiences, um, in some ways, we wonder how we're being led to the place that we're being led, right? Maybe um, the, the, the finances aren't there. there. There's more questions than there are answers. There's incredible relational 
um, breakdown that's happening around us. We're having to let go of things that we don't want to let go of, maybe even some people that we don't want to let go of. And it's really easy to begin to question, God, can I trust that you are with me in this journey? Can I trust that you are really good? And so I love it the way that James K.A. Smith, who teaches at Calvin College, teaches in the philosophy department there, he says this. He says, we learn what we believe from our body up. Now, this is, um, this is slightly different than most of us in kind of our modern-day world because we think that what we really believe starts here in our head, right? And so if we just, if we just believe and give mental assent to certain things, that somehow it's going to make its way from here into our heart. But the reality is that is the longest highway ever, and I swear it's filled with all kinds of roadblocks. Um, Most of what I really believe in my life is because in some way I've experienced it tangibly with my whole body, with my whole being. And so James K.A. Smith is saying to us, we need to recapture this sense that really we learn what we believe from our body up. And so every time we taste an extravagant pleasure, a gift from an extravagant God, we're beginning like the psalmist says in Psalm 34, 8, these words right here, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. In Mosaic, our hope for you is this week, as you look for as many extravagant pleasures as possible, as you engage in them, that you would see this as a, a, as a real ordinary spiritual practice. That in this moment, I am tasting this gift from this extravagant God who is good and who is with me. And as I taste this good God, um, I can trust him in other areas of my life. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Fourth awakening, we acknowledge sanctuary when we encounter it and we allow it to transform us. Because you know, you know when you're in the midst of that extravagant pleasure, there's this sense of like, man, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in a sanctuary right now, right? I'm in a safe place. I am in a good place right here. And that, that sanctuary that, that God creates around us in that moment um, awakens us to this sense that I, I'm going to be just resting right here and I'm going to be transformed in this place. James, who was one of the um, leaders of the early church, uh, he wrote a letter to um, one of the early churches and he says this in James chapter 1, verses 17. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Um, And so every time we experience that, that extravagant pleasure, we're realizing that this is coming down from this God. I love the way C.S. Lewis puts it in this quote right here. One's mind runs back up the sunbeam to the sun. That every time you experience that extravagant pleasure, you're allowing that moment to just kind of allow your mind and your soul, your body to kind of go back up that sunbeam to the source of that gift. So we acknowledge sanctuary when we encounter it and we allow it to transform us. Um, 
most of us haven't been encouraged to use our muscles of wonder and awe in, in a sense of like grandeur, like wow. Um, to quote Beck, it's like wow, it's like right now, right? Um, Beck's coming to Lincoln, by the way. But yeah, like it, it does. It, it allows us to flex those muscles of wonder, a sense of awe. All right, so now, before we get too far down this pleasure road, right, um, let's keep these couple things in mind. Um, fifth awakening, we acknowledge pleasure as a gift, but it can become an idol. We acknowledge pleasure as a gift, but it can become an idol. Um, it is way too easy, Mosaic, to amuse ourselves to death in today's world, right? Way too easy to amuse ourselves to death. In fact, in a lot of ways, a culture kind of built on um, those wow moments and um, entertainment um, loves to just kind of put its hooks into us. And at first, there's this sense of like deep appreciation and pleasure that's there, but that can quickly turn where now all of a sudden um, it becomes an idol and now this thing that was designed to give us such pleasure in good and healthy ways is now somehow breaking us down and breaking our relationships together um, apart and breaking our just communal society down. Philippians chapter 3 verses 18 and 19, Paul says, for as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. That's really strong language, that many live as enemies as the, to, to the cross of Christ. So what does that mean? Guys, you and I as followers of Jesus, we are being called into a um, cruciform way of life, Right? That ultimately, life is not just about what we can get, what we can receive, but ultimately how we can, just as Jesus modeled this servanthood, what does it mean for us to uh, embody a cruciform life, where our life is about opening ourselves, breaking our own bodies, spilling our own blood, that others can live, right? That others can be released from um, just unhealthy power structures, from patterns that they're in. And so it's real easy to become an enemy of that cruciform way of life if ultimately um, life is all about gaining pleasure. So that there's, it's this both and, right? We have to hold this truth in both hands. We acknowledge pleasure is a gift, but it can become an idol. Verse 19, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. And so this is why, for some of us, we've had to, at times in our life, kind of say, I need to pull back from this thing that was once pleasure because I'm misusing it. I'm not, I'm not enjoying it in the way that God intended it to be enjoyed. In fact, this thing is actually breaking me down, and maybe even it's breaking relationships around me down. And so we need to step back. Um, I like the way Carolyn Ahrens, she wrote an article for Christianity Today, and she was talking about her love um, for queso. And she writes these words on the screen. The enjoyment we feel upon receiving a need pleasure. And then she defines a need pleasure, water to quench the, uh, thirst, for example, or the scratching of an itch is intense but short-lived. 
but with appreciation pleasures, non-essential things that awaken us to delight, like delicious smells and tastes and scenes of beauty, that sensation intensifies over time. And then greed, the repeated cry of encore, yes, encore, give me more, to say rich black coffee or extra creamy queso may transform a pleasure of appreciation into a pleasure of need, draining out of it all the lasting enjoyment. And maybe some of us are experiencing that now. And um, so not only is our homework to, yes, look for extravagant moment of pleasures this week and, and fully engage in them, but some of us have allowed kind of um, pleasures of appreciation to become pleasures of need, and we're misusing them, and our humanity is being stripped away. And so the sixth and final awakening mosaic is this. We delight in pleasure. We delight in pleasure. Um, and we discern how pleasure is to be enjoyed. And one of the best ways that we can discern how pleasure is to be enjoyed is to do that together. To do that together in community with each other. Um, but also in community with Christian brothers and sisters who have come before us for centuries and have wrestled through these same tensions. Um, and we search the scriptures together, and we look to Jesus, and together we ask, what does it mean, yeah, to be people of pleasure who experience these moments of sanctuary and extravagance, and from the body up, we're tasting that God is good so that we can begin to trust him and maybe some new frontiers before us, but at the same time, we're also saying, how do we discern um, pleasures around us? Because some of us right now, uh, a pleasure is actually, um, it's tearing us apart. It's eating away at our soul. Um, it's keeping us from experiencing these bodies in the most healthy, beneficial ways um, that they were created. So Mosaic, our hope for you, again, this week, um, all of the ordinary ways that you encounter moments of pleasure and extravagance in these last days of summer, step into them, look for them. Um, allow that to be a moment of sanctuary, a moment of renewal. Create those moments for others around you who their humanity is going to be recovered as you introduce them to this extravagant God and maybe even this extravagant community of Mosaic and the people that you know here. That's one of the things I love doing is anytime we have guests who come and visit us now that we're living here, I love introducing them to the extravagant community of Mosaic. I love it because as they interact with the extravagant community of Mosaic, they begin to see like, wow, there's this extravagant God who loves us and who is walking with us. And he delights in bringing us delight. But we discern together what it means to engage in these delights because ultimately our calling is to live a cruciform way of life that we wouldn't be enemies of the cross, that we would be people of the cross. So as we wrap up our time together, we invite you to come to these tables as Landon comes forward and is going to lead us in this last song. And we always finish our time together remembering those words of Jesus when he was with his disciples. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat. And as he was engaging in that meal with his disciples, that at the end of the meal, he took the cup 
He said, this cup represents the new covenant in my blood, which is for you. Grace, forgiveness, mercy, love. You have an identity. You don't have to work for it. It's freely given to you. Um, You are forgiven. You are loved. And so, um, come, come. Taste and see. Taste and see that the Lord is good. And um, from the body up, um, we are transformed and we're sent back out into a world to live extravagantly, Mosaic. So let's do that very thing and allow this to be a moment of worship. When, when you're ready, just come forward. Um, if you're at that place where you're like, I, I don't know, I'm, just, I'm here, I'm just checking this out. I don't say this every week, but I want to say it this week because I, I want to be mindful that there may be some of you that's like, I'm not ready for this um, moment to walk forward and say yes to Jesus in this powerful of a way. Um, that's okay. We're glad that you're here. Um, but whether this is the first time or the 3,000th time that you are saying yes, Jesus, I'm saying yes to you, um, come when you're ready. And let's, uh, let's enjoy this moment of extravagant pleasure together. Um, created by this extravagant God who loves us dearly. God, thank you. Thank you for this hour that we can spend together. Um, Thank you for the end of summer days, uh, the refreshment that comes from some cooler temperatures upon us, um, even in this week, uh, the sound of the, the evening cicadas, um, the simple extravagant pleasures that we enjoy um, so often. Yeah, they're a gift from you. And so our, our, our hearts, our minds, our bodies run back up the sunbeam to you, the sun, the source of our life now. And we pray this in your name. Amen.